welcome, 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 welcome to the Barnabas Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Cloyd Brown. We are in another week of the Barnabas Speaks. I want to thank everyone for coming out. If this is your first time listening, the Barnabas Speaks podcast, a podcast about encouragement, a podcast about empowerment, and a podcast about faith. I am just glad to be back. We are back. We are back. We are back for another week. Last week, we had the wonderful guest of Two Girls and God, uh, the podcast. If you listened, uh, listen again. Uh, if you didn't listen, go listen. Uh, but if you were blessed by it, I, I challenge you to go and subscribe to their podcast and follow them on Instagram at Two Gods and Two Girls and God, rather. So last week we talked about money and what we wish the church had taught us. This week we're going to continue on in money. Next week we'll I'll have another special guest, but this week we'll continue on. And um, I begin to think about money today and begin to think about what I didn't know, what I didn't know, and what we could do better. And I think that I was listening to a podcast, and I'm going to touch touch on it touch on it next week as we uh, go into another segment of this this study. The study of this uh, or the the series that we're in right now is called Sex, Money, Sex, Food, and Money. Rather, Sex, Food, and Money. And this came from a book that I was that I was reading with uh, one of my brothers entitled Mystery and Scripture Through Western Eyes. And it was just a blessing. It was a blessing because it really just kind of made me think about scripture differently. And one of the things that I really begin to to think about as we as we talk about money, in a lot of ways, last week I posed the question, what did we wish the church would taught, taught us? But maybe we put too much pressure on the church. Maybe we put too much pressure and we don't really consider that this is a community job. This is not a church job. And it really is not just your parents by themselves because your parents, for the most part, only know what they know. And so we're in the position where we have to kind of figure uh, research and figure some things out ourselves. But we also have we live in a world where we have community where we should have community. The. Uh, the true focus of the the book, uh, of this of not of the book, but of how we looked at the book and how things are different from Western to Eastern culture is that they thrive in community. Yeah, they, they, they thrive in community, and I don't think that we take enough time to build community and. When it comes to finances, we are very private. We're very, uh, we close our fist. And the thing about closing our fist, and I heard this, especially when you think about money, you're holding your money back. But because you're closing your fist, you're closing your hand, no money can be put in there. And so what I mean by that is that when we isolate ourselves from our community, then we don't allow ourselves any opportunity to learn more about money. The fact is that when you grew up in a in a poverty mindset and a poverty and and poor and uh, not having and lacking, whether you're low uh, you're at a low socioeconomic status, or you're low class, uh, low middle class, whatever you want to say that it is, is that when you grow up with that, you don't 
it's hard to learn about money because you're not in an environment that that understands how money works. And so when you don't understand how money works, you're always going to have certain issues with it. Even if you are a person that you would call yourself a a, a spendthrift, someone called cheap. Uh, even if you are one of those people, you have to consider the fact is that it's you can't make money just by holding on to your money. You have to save it. I mean, you have to you have to invest it. You have to you have to do things to help your money double and work for you to be successful. Uh, last week, uh, one of the things that uh, Megan uh, said or Minister Davis said is that for most black millionaires, they made it off of real estate, investing into real estate. And and sometimes you'll, you make more money by investing into yourself. And so what I mean by that is that we because we, we isolate, money is the one thing we don't talk about. We don't talk about our bills. We don't talk about our debt. We don't talk about uh, the, 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 the debt that we have incurred just from trying to survive. And so because we don't talk about it, because it's not something that we we generally discuss with others, even if the, the other person has the ability to assist us. I was thinking about as we were as we as we were even the first time we were preparing to go buy a house. We had certain debt that we had to deal with before we could truly buy the house so that way we can uh, get the loan. And so the, the what has to happen is that I'm entrusting this person that is a, a financial advisor, uh, this person that understands how companies work and understands how uh, the the credit bureaus work and how to write letters and how to. And th- this was we didn't pay any extra fee. This is part of the job of uh, the, the 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 builder. Uh, and so, which, so she got paid by them, not by us. So, excuse me. Uh, so when we are working with her, she knows how to do these things. But if we are not forthcoming, we don't say, here's not, here's not, here's our credit report. And then teachers, we're not one open to learning to, uh, being forthcoming and transparent about the things that are on our credit report and how to approach it, then she can't help us. Most of the time, the challenge with how we have with money is that we do not want help unless it is somebody just giving us money. And even still, the fact is that even if someone gives you money, if you do not know how to manage it, if you do not know how to invest it, if you don't do not how, know how how money works and how the stock market works, how credit bureaus work, how home loans work, how auto loans work, you are, are doomed to fail. And the only way that we can begin to learn this is to begin to learn how to live in community when it comes to money. And we're going to talk about community on each aspect of this, whether it's sex, whether it's food, whether it's money, we're going to talk about community. We, we have to talk about community because it's so important. And and if we're going to be, be, begin to change our community, now I'm speaking to the I'm, I'm speaking to the Christian, but I'm also, to, also speaking to the the black, uh, the African American, the the minority community because that is where I'm I'm familiar with. That's where I'm from. And so when I begin to talk about the African American community, if we're going to change the the aspect of of how we live and how our people live and, and to to bring our community up, it's great that we want the government to give us civil rights because so, we we. Because even if we say we want equality, we want equity and equality, and they give us equity and equality, there's still a responsibility that we must have, and we have to have, even though we want access to certain things, 
We want the access, but we also have the wisdom. We also need the wisdom and knowledge to do it. And that's only going to happen in community. And even still, even if we have the wisdom, even if we have the knowledge, even if we have the access, even if we have the equity, even if we have the e equality, we still need, uh, we need to be one in mind. One of our, one of my favorite scriptures that I, that I, I like to quote is uh, from, um, it's from Genesis. Uh, I want to say around the 11th or 12th chapter when they built the Tower of Babel. And so it wasn't called the Tower of Babel then, but they built the tower, tower and to heaven. And what God says is what really blows my mind. It really should blow your mind. We get caught up in the fact that he, he, he confused the language. But what he says is that the people are one. The people is one. They are, they are, if, by speaking the same language and working together as one unit, they did this. There's nothing that they cannot do. This is God's testimony about unity. This is God's testimony about community. This is God's testimony about what happens when you work together and begin to speak the same thing, the same mind. And if we're going to use, if we're going to, to build up our communities, as even as the Christian church, if we are going to build the kingdom of God, then that means that we have to be stop stop being so individual it's about this this uh this ministry does this, this church does this, and this, if we're going to change the, in the way that we can impact our communities, then we must begin to be a community. We must begin to speak the same language. We need to begin to be at meetings and talk about how we're going to, and talk about how we're going to truly change the way that we we, we, we function in these things and we, we're going to, we're going to, we need to change the way that we, we are going to, we, 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 we have to change the way that we I had a, a technical difficulty, please forgive me, but we, we need to change the way that we approach these things as that we are just uh, the individualized church that is functioning in a way that we don't need anybody else and that we hold our, our things secret. And if, if, as I read the, as I read the book, uh, misreading scripture, uh, misreading scripture through Christian, well, <laughs> through Western eyes, rather, as I read that book, one of the things that I begin to see a, a recurring theme is why would you want to do it by yourself? Why do you honor this isolation so much to where you're isolated and you can't, you're not moving as a group, that you're not concerned? Uh, one of the examples uh, the author gave is that he went to a bookstore. He was in India and he went to go buy a book. And so every time he picked a book, somebody would come and take his book and it would go to this counter, go to this counter, this and that. And so when he viewed it, he viewed it as they were wasting time and money because of how many steps they had before he paid it, got rid of his book. I mean, he was able to purchase his book and walk out the store. He felt that it was a more efficient way to do it. And he said, I can get tear down to where it's just one person doing this. And the person that lived in India said, then what would all these other people do for work? You would put all those people out of work because he's not thinking about how to make it, not not how to make it so efficient to where you push all these people out of work. He's thinking in the group mindset. Now it's going to be hard for us because we are, we are definitely uh, 
always think about project management and about uh, lean and, and how to lean things and trim things to make them more efficient and to have less people doing it. It's going to be hard to change that mindset because you have to begin to think as the community the same way that they were, they are machines that do work. Uh, if we think about the automotive industry and how many people are put out of work and how many people suffer from it and how many people struggle for it when they close the Ford Motor Plant, when they close the other uh, GM plants and they close, they stop making GM and they outsource this and outsource that because things were cheaper. And there was no concern given to the people that were losing and putting out their job, being put out their job because there was no sense of community. And that is a problem, it's a challenge, it's a struggle. Because if we continue to Think about it in that manner. If we begin to not consider that there are people that we should be concerned about, concerned with, if we begin to not consider that there are that, that, there are people that our decisions impact, but not just that. If we begin to not consider, we we continue to not consider rather the fact that there are people that have information, there are people that can help us to grow our community. There are, are people that have ideas about community development. There are people that are entrepreneurs. There are people that are real estate agents. There are people that want to start their own business. But the fact is that you can only look at it from your perspective. Give me give you an example. Let's say there's someone in your church. There's someone in your community. And let, no, let's say you want to open up a hair salon. You, you're really good at doing hair. And so in your church, inside of your community, there's someone that does nails. And also inside of your inside your church there's also someone that does uh that that can do that that's certified in um, massage therapy now our our the setup of our society and even sometimes in our capitalism capitalist mindset is that that you the person that's doing here should go get your go get a loan rent a spot and begin to open up your hair salon and do hair and then the person that does nail should go and go get a loan, rent the uh, spot, and then uh, open up their own nail salon. And the person that that's certified uh, certified massage therapist should go get a loan, rent a spot, and then uh, open up their uh, massage therapy uh, place. Now, but what if the three of you came together and pooled your money together? Bought a a store, a, a, a bought or rented a place, to where you equal, all have equal share, and then at one spot a person can come get their massage, get a massage, get their nails done, and get their hair done. And now you're not taking on the now each person is not taking on the full brunt of of what it of the the rent and the expenses. Did not take it on the full point. And I, I'm not saying that you should do this with anybody, but you should be considered a partnership to where that you're not that that way that you can do that as a community. And you're all speaking in one voice. You're all looking to put jobs in your community. You're all looking to be able to, to give just give back to your community in a way to where they, they don't have to leave their community to go do this. They don't have to spend their money and it can flip around. And what if we what if we thought about that? What if you knew someone that that uh that that did I have a I have a, a, a frat brother that does uh commercial deliveries and so they'll go pick up equipment uh they'll go pick they, they, they'll pick it up and bring it and they bring it to you and so what if when it came time to your equipment that for pickup you hired them to go pick up the equipment and they drove they went and picked it up and drove it back 
And so now you, you have now developed a way that within your community, you can change the way money is looked at and viewed at in your community. But then what happens if, if for, for the person that, that wants to, uh, that, that wants to uh, now come and provide uh, not even that there's a, there, there are youth in the, in the community that don't think that they want to go to college but they they want to do they want to pick up a trade and there's a there's a young lady that's really good at hair and there's a man that's good at nails and there's a young there's also another man that that's good uh, that wants to figure out how to work with his hands and, and do and do massage therapy and then what you do is now you offer apprenticeships and uh, and you offer small jobs inside of the 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 parlor and the inside the, and this this salon and so now you're giving back to your community and you're providing a way for them to become to get their hours to get their apprenticeship and to move on to, to grow. We can do this if we begin to look at, stop looking at money as this is the individual aspect, the thing that I need to do and that, that I should not share with my community these ideas because inside of your community, there are people that can do this, skilled laborers. There, there are people that, there, there are people that, that, that are good in HR that you can that you have this business continue on the same line and now that can manage your HR functions and now that can teach you how to uh, show you how to deal with payroll so when you begin to take take on employees and then there are people that are uh, that are contractors and that can come do that and there's a, there's someone else that handles uh, a commercial cleaning and you can hire them and now it's all back inside of the community and now it's growing in the community and then you you then you hire a real estate agent to get get to get more of this and now now uh, now is expanding and now you all can now afford your own shop and you and maybe instead of getting your own shop you decide hey we did well with this let's open up another shop together and then so now you open up you get a few storefronts and now you have this and you have that and now you are pulling your money into your community but because we look at money as an individualized an individualized mindset we cannot see the benefit of using community when it comes to family. It used to be said that it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise anything. It takes a village to raise a business. It takes a village to raise a community. And it has to have it. And so when we begin to live in these urban cities and we begin to move ourselves in the village, we stop concerning ourselves with what our neighbor was doing. Most of us, and I am guilty of it myself, I speak to my neighbor, I know my neighbor right now, but the fact is most of us don't even know our neighbors' names. We don't know the people in our community. I remember growing up uh, when I used to, I, everybody on my street, we knew. My parents knew, they had children I knew. I even knew our next door neighbors were the champions. They were an older couple. Uh, they were like so they were older when I, so they were older than my dad when I was like eight or nine, six, seven, eight or nine. And so they were older, but we knew them. We, they, we, we made sure they got Christmas cards and we, we would check on them. If they, uh, if they were out of town, we'd get their mail for them. Uh, they needed us, they needed something to get picked up while they were out. We'd make sure that we were there for the delivery. We would do those things. The fact that I still remember their names, the champions, but the people across my across the street was uh, his. I just know my his son' his name was Michael because at one point that was my one of my best friends. And when he moved to Florida, I had some other the, the neighbors was Sam and Cody. Uh, they they moved in, and then down the street was my other friend uh, Jason Steinberger. Uh, and so I, I knew these people. At the top of the hill was a Jennifer, and we knew these people. 
And we knew, I remember Jason's dad worked at Pepsi. And so like, it's, but we knew things about each other, but we have become, it's funny is that the more social media we have, and we have access to people, the less physical access we have to people. And the less we talk to people. And so the question then becomes, what can we do to improve the way that we think about money and how to include community? And that's that's a very good question. I think that there are a few things that we need to do. There's the first thing we need to do is we need to begin to stop treating money as something that we should fear. Fear. And I'm not saying that you need to be telling everybody your business about money. No. But your people in your circle, your group, if you're struggling, stop pretending that you're not. If you don't know how to balance your, your checkbook, stop pretending that you know how to do it. you don't know how to make a budget, stop pretending you, that you know how to do it. There are people that's in your circle that can. But if we're going to change our community, we have to begin to be able to talk about our dreams, our goals, and all these different things. So that way we may, we may be able to take this money, as use it as capital to lift up our communities. This this really, this whole series is about community. I'm on this, this community drive. Because uh, when and if we look at the church in Acts, it said that they had all things in common that, that no one went without. But there shouldn't be people within our community. And when I say community, I don't even mean where you live, but I, that includes that. But I'm talking about within your, your friend group, within your, your, your closest friends and your family that are struggling without why you have. Specifically, if you're a Christian, because you'll go to the homeless shelter and you'll do all the things to the homeless shelter. You'll go and see the person on the corner. You'll give them money, but you don't even know if your friends are able to eat. And that's a problem. We have to do better. We have to improve in that mindset of what, what are we, how are we going to build up our community financially? And that means that we need some more financial literacy classes. That means that we need more, uh, more, more credit awareness. That means that we need more uh, stock market classes. And that means that that if if you as a parent don't have the information, that doesn't mean that you run from it. You can either go and research it or find a way to make sure that your child learns about it. And we can't continue to depend on the school. We can't continue to depend and say, man, the church didn't teach me this and the church didn't teach me that. It's, it's up to us as a community to make sure the kids in our community, the, the young adults in our community, the people in our community do it. Ask the person that has the business, how can I help you? Hey, learn some something about the business that you frequent within your community. Stop giving big corporations more chances to get it right than you do the small business. I'll say that again. Stop giving the big corporations, more chances to get it right than you do the small, small businesses and the minority businesses. You'll give Walmart a thousand chances. They can treat you bad. They can do whatever they want. They can, you can be in those long lines and long waits and you'll wait at Walmart all day. But let your, let your package take a while to get there for a small business and you have lost your mind. This is why I don't support small businesses. This is why I don't small black black business. Yes, when you support a small business, it's going to be a little bit more expensive because they don't have that cachet. 
Walmart can charge two dollars for something because one, it's not handmade. Sometimes it's not. It's just it comes from China. This is snap. But also, they know that they're gonna sell so much that they'll make their money back. That T-shirt that you buy from Walmart, that's great. But the T-shirt that you buy from from your friend, it's. I'm not saying that you need to spend, be spending forty dollars on a T-shirt. I'm not saying that. That's if you do, you do. But what I am saying is that you have to understand that they're trying to get to that level, and they need the community support. I, it's my goal to always pay what what a person charges. Now, if they want to give me a hookup, that's great. Or they want to give me a discount, that's great. But my every time I go, I don't even ask them for a discount. I don't ask for a hookup. I'm paying what you charge. And it's not to say that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be better than anybody else. But I want to build my community. If I can support you as a... Uh, I have a uh, frat brother that uh, was doing t-shirts and, and hoodies for, for homecoming. And I, uh, I purchased one and he hit me up because something happened with the website and the website deleted my order. But he said, I still have your order. I, I want to just appreciate you for your support. I said, one, I'm always going to support, if I'm in community, because I'm in a fraternity, I'm in community with the people, the members of that fraternity the brothers of that fraternity. I'm in community with them. So it is my brotherly obligation to support them when I can because I'm in community with them and I want to, I want to see them lifted and pulled up. And then because we went to the same college, I also felt obligation to support them because I'm in that community. I'm in the, the FBSU Wildcat community. And so any chance, any opportunity I get to support that, I want to see them successful. I had a friend when I was in the, uh, in the Air Force, his wife did pictures. She was a photographer. And because I wanted to see her and, his, and their family be pulled up, it was my obligation, the person I was in the community with, like, I mean, tell me, we, we went to lunch together. We, we got coffee every day. We talked and had conversations. And then he came in there. He came to my house. They invite, we went out to dinner, all those different things. And so I'm in community with them. He's not, and this is not a black man I'm talking about. And so this, uh, and so, um, so we went and so, but I, I made sure that I paid for this. And there was a time where we've, uh, we paid for a session and to no fault of them, we just didn't, uh, we, I paid for a gift card, a gift certificate uh, as a gift to, to my wife, but we moved and we never got a chance to get back to get those pictures. I don't feel anything else about it though, because I, even though it was paid for, and, but I, I'm, I, the reason why I did it was so I can support them. I did it as a gift to my wife, but also so that I can support this family that I believe in, that I was in community with. We have to begin to have that kind of attitude. We, the way we don't feel like it's robbery to support someone or that we did something special to support them. We should. If we're talking about building up community, we have to stop looking at just ourselves and financially, and we think about how we can support and lift up our brother or our sister. My brother writes a book. Um, my brother or sister write a book. I'm buying the book. My brother or sister have a podcast. I'm subscribing, giving them five stars, and we're going to press it forward. We're going to do it. Not because, because I, I, I'm so good, but I have an obligation to support my community because I want to see my community do better.
who are you in community with that you that you have the ability because everyone doesn't have the ability to have the ability to financially pour into that 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 community but you won't who are you who are you holding to a higher standard than you hold yourself when it comes to money I could be talk I could talk about this for days and days because there's so much that we don't understand about money but there's also so much that we don't understand about community and I, each time I'm going to talk about how when it comes to sex when it comes to food when it comes to money I'm going to talk about how the community is important in this subject because we're building we're meant to build community we're talking about group group economics we're talking about building communities we're talking about equality we're talking about equity but we're not taking time to invest in the community with our time with our energy with our research with our knowledge with our gifts with our talents or with our money how is the community supposed to build when we when we're so individualistic we're always worried about this person have a better idea there are many people with the podcast and there's people that I know they don't need to not do a podcast, whether it's inspirational, whether it's a talk show kind of or whatever it may be or public culture, whatever it may be. I, it's not my job to not support them or to say because I have a podcast they're in competition with me. No, let's get it. If you have any questions, I, I will get freely give you any information that I have. And I, it's not like I know a lot. I have I have dedic- my dedicated listeners and I'm great for those, but I don't, I don't do everything I'm supposed to do as it goes to the podcast. I need to do better in marketing. I need to do better in promoting and and, and making sure people know and asking people to follow and asking people to subscribe. I need to do better in that. I don't know everything, but what I do, I give freely because I want to see my community grow and I want to see them grow in the money area. And we've been doing the same thing for years and it's not working. We have. We've been doing the same thing for years. And it's not working. Let's try a different way. And let's begin to lean on community. I know we can do it. I believe we can do it. Let's go and do it. This I don't think this is done with money, but next week we'll be talking about sex. And we'll probably come back to money. I'm not, I said that I'm not sure how long this series will go on. And so we may cycle back and forth into the different subjects, but we need to talk about this and talk about community more. But I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to subscribe. And this is your first time listening. I ask that you would subscribe. And if you, this is a blessing, I ask that you would give me a five-star rating if you feel like that. Why a five-star rating? Let me help you understand how podcasting works. When you have a five-star rating on iTunes, when you get that five-star rating, it makes you easier to find. It moves you up on the list. And so that's what I'm asking for you. And as we close out, I just want to thank you for everyone. And so we do have news. So up until now, up to a couple of days ago, the podcast was only on iTunes and Google Play. As of this week, we are now also on Spotify. So you can find this podcast on Instagram, not Instagram rather, but you could find this podcast on iTunes podcast, Google Play, which I think is now on YouTube, and also Spotify. We're trying to get on iHeartRadio, so we're working on that now. But I'm trying to get on all the the things all the platforms so that way 
everyone can have an opportunity to be blessed by the podcast. And I'm thankful, thankful, thankful. And there's a few other things that I have coming down the pipeline that I will definitely be sharing with you, the listeners. Uh, but I, I want to just thank you and I appreciate you for your continued support. Uh, if you want to see, <laughs> if you want to see this grow, if you want to see this uh, develop, just continue to share it, continue to tell people. And for those, I don't normally do this, but for those that would like to be a blessing to this podcast and help it to grow and to help the Barnabas Speaks uh, podcast and the Barnabas Project to grow and develop, uh, I will provide my 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 cash app. Uh, my cash app is the uh, money sign Cloyd Brown. The money sign Cloyd Brown. My PayPal uh, email is cloyd.s.brown at gmail.com. Do it as family and friends. Uh, Cloyd.s.brown at gmail.com. Do it as family and friends. There's no, and if you do it from your, as if you're not familiar with PayPal, if you do it with a card, there's a fee on your end. But if you do it with your checking account, there's no fee. And PayPal is pretty safe. Uh, and so I don't normally do this. If you've been listening to podcasts, you know that I don't. I've never asked anyone for support and money. And I'm not asking. But if you decide to that you wanna you wanna find a way that you can support, and so that way we can get better equipment and that we can do more ministry and more business ventures. That is uh, a way that you can do it. And I'm thankful whether you give or not. I'm thankful and grateful for each and every last one of you. Uh, so we're closing this out. And I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank everyone for sharing. Thank for everyone for subscribing. And as always, remember, never let your independence rob you from your dependence on God. God bless you. God love you. See you next week.